Yeah, Friday! You have reached episode 56 of the Ranting Weight Watcher. I am your host, Donato Russo. I hope you enjoy the show today. If this is your first time here and you enjoy the show, please like, share, comment, and subscribe. If the podcast app you're listening on allows you to rate the show, please leave a four-star or five-star rating. Any rating is greatly appreciated. Here we are, another Friday in the books. This year is flying by, and I just can't handle it. But let's not talk about that. Let's get into this. Journey updates. Okay, guys, another bad week. Another gain of 2.8 pounds. So total for the month of September, we are up 5.4 pounds. Now, you know, I got to pause and think about this for a minute. In the month of August, I went down 19 pounds. And a lot of that has to do with being ill and um, not being able to eat because I was so sick. So I can't say I honestly feel like these are true gains and just the same as I didn't feel that being sick caused me to actually lose 19 pounds. So my guess is because now I'm slowly able to reintroduce certain foods back into my life because it literally got to the point where any food I ate was causing stomach pain, severe, severe stomach pain to the point where I'd be, you know, like in a fetal position holding my stomach. And now we are at the point where the only thing creating that is stuff with like some serious heat. I I mean, I love hot peppers and I love anything, any dish that has heat to it, I love. And that is the last thing that is left that I can't really eat out of all of the things that, that were in a normal part of my everyday regimen, like my my little egg sandwich every morning has hot peppers on it. There are no, I haven't had hot peppers on it for weeks now because I, there's almost like a small fear, to be honest with you. You know, I'm gauging it a little bit at a time. Let's try this. Let's try that every week, you know, and we'll see because I love hot food and there's no way I'm going to give it up forever. And so... We'll just keep trying. We'll we'll just make sure we pick a weekend. So if I if I ruin a day, it's like a Saturday or a Sunday, not necessarily a work day, right? <laughs> but anyway, total since January 2019 that I have lost so far is 142.6 pounds. Total pounds remaining to get to the 150 milestone is 7.4 pounds. Total pounds remaining to get to the 175 milestone is 32.4 pounds. And total pounds remaining to get to our 200 loss mark is 57.4 pounds. So that's what I feel like is going on in my body right now. I am starting to reintroduce the foods in my life again. And I'm starting going back to my normal regimen, what I ate Monday through Friday, Saturday and Sunday. I'm getting back to normal life after being sick. I just feel like the gains are coming because I'm, I mean, essentially I emptied myself because I couldn't eat for five days. Five, six days, I could not eat at all. I was barely sipping water because that's how, that's the position I was in. But here we are. We are almost back to normal with our eating the way we plan it every week. And so just like I didn't think I actually lost 19 pounds, I don't believe these are true gains either. And so we'll go, we'll see what happens. We will see what happens. Usually I don't make a change until there's three gains in a row. But to be honest with you, I don't feel like these are legitimate gains and I, don't, I may not make any changes. I may just wait it out. And this will take a new level of discipline that I don't know that I have ever achieved. To make no changes, even going past three gains, 
I've never, never gone that far. But I think this is a different circumstance that has to be looked at a different way. And we'll see what happens. If I think of something I need to change, I will certainly make a change. But right now, everything I was, my entire eating regimen a month ago is the same it is as it is right now, minus the hot peppers. Well, we're going to wait this one out, to be honest with you. We'll see what happens next Saturday, and we'll go from there. So today, I want to talk about, I'm entitling the episode today, What I Want Versus What Is Required. You so often, when you talk to people, like I, I talk to so many people on Weight Watchers, on various health plans, whether it's through Instagram or whether it's through Connect or whatever, Facebook. They send messages, we talk, discuss what we think about certain things. And the more you get to talk to people, the more you get to know people, there, there, are, there seems to be, I, and I mentioned it just a couple of weeks ago, about how enabling the world is. How the world has enabled people to be exactly what they don't want to be because it's just more comfortable. Okay, and I'm going to break that down if you don't understand it. There's one saying that I feel like it just came around recently. Maybe it's a couple of years old because, I mean, I'm on, I'm on the journey since January 2019. I've obviously heard it all of the time that I've been on this journey. But maybe a year or two even before that, when you talk to people that are on weight loss plans, you hear this phrase, and I don't know where this phrase come, came from, but to be honest, it is the one phrase I hate when I hear it come out of somebody's mouth. I mean, if it's legitimate, you can tell by the way the person speaks after that or their actions. You can tell. They, a hypocrite reveals themselves really quickly. So when somebody's talking... Their actions will reveal themselves long before anything else. So, the one, the one, I'm going to call it an excuse because that's what I feel it is. That didn't work for me or that doesn't work for me. I swear I cringe. I swear every time someone says that didn't work for me or I tried that, it didn't work for me. It makes me crazy. It makes me crazy to hear it because whoever started saying it, they didn't, I don't know if they even realized how enabling that is. Because there's people, the majority of the population, if they're trying, oh, I'm going to get my weight loss and all this stuff, you know, and they get determined and they go jump into some weight loss program. The majority of the people that do this have zero clue of what, the amount of work in front of them, zero, zero clue. They have all this great attitude and they're ready to jump in and do everything they think is required. But they have truly, even I, when I first started, zero clue of what kind of work it would actually take to lose. In my case, I want to lose 200 pounds and then reevaluate myself to decide how much further to go. So it could very well be 250 pounds by the time I'm done. I don't know. It could be I lose 200 pounds and then I hit the weights like nobody, like a bodybuilder. You know, it, 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 I haven't decided yet. But my point is, this statement has enabled people to do the exact opposite. Whatever is not comfortable to do, they disregard it and say, that didn't work for me. That doesn't work for me. Now, does everybody? No, obviously not. Every rule has an exception. But that doesn't make the exception the rule. Remember that. You can think of an exception to everything I say that doesn't make the exception the rule. 
The exception is simply the exception. But this statement has enabled people to stay right where they are. For all I know, maybe it's by design. Maybe the the real desire of these major weight loss corporations is that they just want people to keep paying every month while you sit and do nothing. Maybe they just love collecting that monthly subscription fee while you don't show up to the gym. But you have the membership card in your wallet connected to your keys and God knows when's the last time you were there. And it's easier to close a bank account than it is to cancel a gym membership. The point is, this, whatever, whatever reason this saying was created, I don't really know. But it's like, it's like a license to pretend to be doing something. This saying gave every pretender out there, you know, there are people out there that just are on weight loss programs just to tell the world they're on a weight loss program. Just to be part of a conversation. They aren't actually doing the work. They aren't doing what's required. They're just a member. They're paying money and they do nothing else except tell everybody what they're doing. It is essentially, that doesn't work for me, is the excuse of all the excuses. You know, like in Lord of the Rings, the ring, it's the one ring. It's the one to rule them all. That's what that excuse is. It's the, the excuse that tops all other excuses. It's the top of the mountain. That didn't work for me. Tried it, it didn't work for me. For me. Really? We're going to get more into this, but first we're going to take a break. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for listening to The Ranting Weight Watcher. If you would like to connect on social media, we would love to connect with you. On the Weight Watchers Connect app, search for, at, Ranting Weight Watcher. All of our other social media links can be found at www.therantingweightwatcher.com. You can also email the show, say hello or share your story with us. Send your emails to, therantingweightwatcher at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Are you interested in Ranting Weight Watcher merchandise? The Ranting Weight Watcher merchandise store is officially open for business. Head over to www.therantingweightwatcher.com, scroll down past the welcome section to find the link to the merchandise store. Thank you so much for your support of the show. If this is your first time here, and you enjoy the show, please like, share, comment, and subscribe. We are proud to announce that the Ranting Weight Watcher has been rated number 6 in Feedspot.com's Top 10 Weight Watchers Podcasts. Click the link in the show's description if you wish to see the full list. If the podcast app you are listening with allows you to rate the show, please leave a 4-star or 5-star rating, whatever is in your heart to leave. Any rating is greatly appreciated. And now, without further delay, here is the star of the show, Donato Russo. We are back. Thanks for sticking with me. Now we're talking about today what people want versus what is required to get what they want in life. So in this case, we're talking about weight loss. Okay? And there are many people that are willing to do certain things, but they're not willing to do what is actually required. Because you could say, I'm willing to go for a 10-minute walk. But you may be in shape enough to do a 40-minute walk. But if you're not willing to do the 40-minute walk, how do you get to the next level? Instead, you keep doing the 10-minute walk because it's what you want to do. And when the scale doesn't go anywhere for weeks and weeks, you tell everybody you're on a plateau. When really, you simply need to work harder. Different people are in different situations. People who carry more weight 
need to work less because it takes more work to move their weight. Me at 250 pounds, it's going to take more work to move my body one mile than it is for someone who weighs 120 pounds, naturally. So if I'm walking at my size, a 22-minute mile, and somebody who's 120 pounds is walking the same 22-minute mile, I'm losing weight, yet the other person isn't. But they, rather than say they need to work harder, they'll tell the world they're on a plateau. But if, if I'm more than double your size and I'm walking the same speed as you, that alone should tell you you need to work harder. That by itself. I understand. You don't want to say, oh, you can't compare one person to another. I can compare science, right? We, we all, the, the, the term trust the science has been floating around this country for God knows how long at this point. So if it takes how much work to move a certain amount of weight X amount of distance, what's the, the mathematical equation for horsepower? That's the real equation we're looking at here. The measurement for horsepower is like the exact same mathematical equation that's needed here. Somebody who's 120 pounds should be able to do something, move their own body weight at a, a quicker pace than someone who is 250 pounds. It's it's simple as that. It's simple math. But they like to stay comfortable. Oh, you mean, I I mean, if I I go crazy and go faster, I'm going to actually sweat. Oh, really? You're going to sweat? So what are you doing here? What are you doing here if you don't want to sweat? I don't understand people. I don't. Sometimes I don't understand people at all. Did you really... Tr- when you say... if When people throw around this term, oh, that didn't work for me. It makes me want to go, oh, really? It didn't, it didn't work for you? It didn't work at all? I mean, w- can you show me some data? Can you show me what you tried? Did you document it? Did you document your findings, your results? You have a journal somewhere that didn't work for you. We're standing across from each other. We're on the exact same waist loss plan and it worked for me, but didn't work for you. Maybe it's the level of commitment one has versus another, but nobody would ever admit that. Nobody would ever own that because nobody wants to think bad of themselves because God forbid you think bad of yourself. It's not, it's not about thinking bad of yourself. That, that term is, is don't beat yourself up is overused. It's overused. Because what is the truth? Or what, and what is the lie? In other words, if what you're saying about yourself is true, how could you be beating yourself up if you're just making a true statement? Tell me that. If you're saying my leg is 36 inches wide, am I beating myself up for it? No, it's just a true statement. It's a simple statement. Now that same statement like this, if if someone says, oh, I'm terrible at tracking. Oh, don't beat yourself up. No, are you terrible at tracking? Like, when's the last time you actually tracked? How many days in a row do you track? Do you track the entire day or one meal in the day? What makes you say you're terrible at tracking? Because if it's a true statement, you're not beating yourself up. There's a difference here. The difference, and I talked about it in previous episodes, it is destructive thinking versus constructive thinking. Or I'm sorry, destructive criticism versus constructive criticism. Okay? 
So if I'm saying one of my, my weaknesses is I don't track, and it's a true statement, that is constructive criticism. But if I say it the exact same, I'm saying the exact same thing, but I'm saying it like, oh, I'm so stupid. I know I need to track, but I never track. I'm so stupid. That would be destructive criticism. That is beating yourself up. Making the statement with no emotion, my fault is I don't track consistently. My fault is I don't track at all. One of my faults is I don't track at all. Constructive criticism. You're not beating yourself up. You're just making a true statement. You've decided to grab the truth and make the statement. There's so much to this. There's so much that this saying, this simple little saying, that didn't work for me. There's so much that this created that is destructive to many people's journey and they'll never know it unless they meet someone like me in their life. Because you know what? If you ever meet me in person, there, there's this thing that you can trigger at any given moment and it's never to beat you up. If you trigger the passion in me, because there's, there's, I don't know how many people there are like me. I'm sure there's plenty of us. I'm sure there's plenty of us that still have the attitude where, well, the truth is the truth. And they, they have that no-nonsense attitude, that no-nonsense personality, that they're the kind of friend that you need the most, but you seldom want around. And this statement, that didn't work for me, unless you have a friend like that in your life, you'll probably never realize the lie that actually sits behind it. Because how hard did you try? It's all relative. It's relative information. Did you just do what you felt comfortable doing and when it didn't work, you just backed up? Did you not do anything at all? Maybe you did it for one day and then just say, eh, I don't like it. What did you actually do? We're going to take another break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about what is actually required. Don't go anywhere. I'll be back. Nothing can stand in my way because I am an unstoppable force. My challenges crumble in my presence because I am so strong. My insecurities no longer have power over my life because I I am so confident. My mistakes are my choices and I am okay with this because I am so intelligent. The mirror and scale can no longer haunt me because I am so beautiful. I can face any circumstance with unwavering support because I am so loved. The demons of my past can no longer haunt me because I now love myself. All things are possible as long as I believe because God is on my side. 
I will achieve all of the goals, not if, but when, because I have no boundaries. I am the champion of my story because I do whatever it takes to win. No one can take what I've done away from me because I am the author and the hero of my story. I'm coming. Victory is mine. Because I am enough. Thanks for sticking with me. We have been talking about people who are willing to do whatever they want in order to live a healthy lifestyle versus what is actually required to live a healthy lifestyle. Now, for everybody, this is going to be a different requirement. Your age, your size, your everything is going to dictate what is required. What I did to lose weight doesn't necessarily mean what you have to do. However, there are core, there are pillars to every weight loss plan for a reason. Because these pillars, if those four things are done or three things are done, you will find success. Maybe you won't find a high level of success because much more is required than just the four pillars. But you will find, as long as you follow the four pillars, you will find some sort of success. Enough to make you happy, maybe to start pursuing more. Doing more than what is required. And seeking further help into into what what you want to do next. So how do we get there? How do we get to actually know what is required? You know, I have a short story about how I figured out just how much work is going to be required. When I first started Weight Watchers in January 2019, like all of you, I had my weeklies, I had my dailies, and every once in a while I would use my weeklies, and that was it. And for the first, from January to, I want to say mid-August, is when I hit the 50-pound mark. It's either mid or end of August that I hit, I got the 50-pound charm. I did zero exercise. On the day that I got the 50-pound charm, I knew one thing above all. I wasn't getting another 50 without introducing exercise into my life. How is how is it that you get to this point? And in this story, in my process of it all, I happen to find the setting that is the fit points first setting. It's I think it's called food swapping. And one day I just decided to switch it. See, you know, like okay, let's give it a shot. So what it does is it forces you to use the fit points you create prior to your weeklies. Okay, so you got your dailies, and then you got whatever fit points you create. Now I had a Fitbit which told Weight Watchers exactly the activity I did, exactly how hard I worked. It has uh, the capability to monitor heart rate so that Weight Watchers knows exactly the amount of work I put in. During that time, it knew how far I traveled, how fast I traveled, and the the higher the highest beats per minute of my heart during 
the travel. And for that, it gave me a fit points number based on what I did. And I average somewhere between 30 and 40 points per walk. Depending on the day of the week and the distance I go on that day. On the weekends, I go further. I go five, sometimes a little over five miles. I'm trying to make that back to six now since I've been sick. Because before I was sick and before I was injured, I was at six miles on a Saturday and Sunday. Now, we're at like five, a little over five. Sometimes I just get to five. So we're making it back. And the, the comeback is always a better story than the setback. Just remember that. But it was not until then that I realized how much something is worth. That's what the fit points taught me. It taught me in an hour or in two hours or whatever it is, I earned this many points. But in 20 minutes, I can go into a restaurant and blow those points. Do you understand? The very first time, the very first time I started this and I was in the whatever it was, 20 minutes per walk, I wasn't earning 40 points then. I'm earning 40 points now that I'm going walk for two hours or five miles or, you know, whatever it is. But the number I was given then all of a sudden applied to what, oh, you know, I was very, I was very relaxed. I still am. I still am relaxed on Saturday nights. I like to go out and have a good time. I track everything I eat. And it's, to me, it's called a heavy eating night. Saturday night is my heavy eating night. Nobody bothered me Saturday night. Everything I'm eating is being tracked. And, but if you look at my tracker, you're going to think I blew it because you're going to see that was like a 90 point day or a hundred point day. Meanwhile, I only have at the current time 34 points. But I purposely, this was planned. It's a planned heavy eating night. And I put in my work. I went for my walk. I earned my points and I'm using those points. That's how I choose to live. That's how I choose to work the plan. Doing this is what taught me the value what taught me how much, it didn't just say a Big Mac is 17 points. A Big Mac is 17 points in more than an hour worth of work or just about an hour worth of work. That's what it did for me. Now I had a work, a work total as a, and also a point total. When you guys are drinking those martinis or whatever they are and it's a 10 point drink, And it literally doesn't stay in your body more than 40 minutes before you're peeing it out. That point, that drink was worth 10 points. Meanwhile, do you even know how long it takes you to make 10 points? When you seriously decide to put the work in, do you know how much work? Now, when you have that number, let's say you're smaller than me and it would take you an hour to get 10 points. Does that martini seem worth drinking after an hour-long workout and you know how hard you worked? Tell me. If it is, drink up. But that's when I started thinking, wait a minute. Whoa. That Big Mac is like an hour and 20 minutes of work. It's like two hours of work. Depending on how many bit points you make. That's what lit the light for me to understand the amount of work that was required. But for anybody to come to that revelation, it doesn't mean not everybody's going to come to a revelation like that. So what do you do instead? I would hazard on being honest. If you're not honest with yourself, really there's no reason to be doing this. Because that's the only person that's worth being honest to. It doesn't matter what anybody thinks about what you're doing. Not, not what I think. Nobody. Okay? So you have an honest self-assessment. You're going to 
think about your strengths and you're going to think about your weaknesses. You're going to think about what you do well and what you don't do well and what you don't do at all. And if you got to make a list, if it's that long and you got to make a list, write it all down. And when you're sitting there staring at that list of all the things you do well, of all the things you don't do well, and all of the things you don't do at all, when you're staring at that list, I need you to make your first commitment. Like I committed to three days a week, 20 minutes a day for four weeks of walking, that kind of commitment. Whether you got to stand like I did, I stood in front of a mirror and I made that commitment to myself. Like I was talking to myself through the mirror. However you want to do it. I'm a little bit of dramatic personality. So these are the things I did to get my head in the, in the, in the space that it needs to be in to face what I'm going to try to do. Because here's one thing I do know. When you invite success into your life, failure comes along for the ride because they're brothers. Success and failure are siblings. You can't have one without the other. The difference is this, the failure, brother, is the teacher. And as long as you listen, as much as you don't like failing, as long as you listen to failure, you will get to success. If you actually learn from failure, you will get to success. So, make a commitment. Be detailed with that commitment. Write it down if you need to. I commit to myself to walk three days a week, 20 minutes a day, for four weeks, four, six weeks, four, eight weeks, whatever. And then go as far as to say, I will make no changes to this until the four weeks are up, regardless of what the scale does. So many times we decide to make changes in our life and we think we should receive results in seven days. And sometimes the, the real results of the change we made aren't for 20 days, 28 days, whatever it is. But if you hold on and keep going, you'll get there. But so many people after the first seven days, they stop and say, oh, well, obviously that didn't work. I had a gain. Because they actually believe the change they made caused a gain. In reality, they could be causing their own demise by making so many changes. I've told you once, I told you a thousand times, I feel like my biggest success this time around is, this, is the consistency I've created in every aspect of the journey. Because here's one thing I know. When you make that commitment to do the work, You got to be willing to do the work without a reward. Don't look for rewards. Just do the work. Put in the work without the reward. Put in the work without any cheerleaders. Put in the work regardless of your circumstances. Be willing to do what is required. Put in the work when you don't feel like it. Know what you don't know already. Do you understand what I just said? Know what you don't know. This means you should always be learning. You should always be learning because there's always something new to learn about what you're trying to do. Jimmy Buffett is like one of the richest men. I don't know if he's like in the top five richest men on the planet. I don't know. Something like that. Let's, let's just say to be safe, let's say 10. He's the top 10 richest man on the planet. But this guy 
spend six hours of his day reading books about how to make money. He is in the top 10 of the richest people on the planet and he reads books for six hours a day on how to make money. Six hours. Am I telling you to read a book on weight loss for six hours a day? No, I'm not telling you that. But this, if that doesn't show dedication to what you're after, I don't know what does. And you know, you need to know when it's good to push through the pain. You can't just stop every time you feel a little bit of pain. You'll never get anywhere. Know your limits. Know when you can push through and challenge yourself. Never stop challenging yourself. Know when you need to work harder. Recognize that. Analyze yourself. Be constructive. And when you figure out what you need to do, make a commitment and simply work harder. Because at some point in everybody's journey, there are milestones, just like there are little charm milestones, there are work milestones. And the thing is, no one's there to tell you, okay, you've reached a work milestone today. Now you're going to have to do X, Y, and Z. It's something you have to be dedicated enough to recognize is happening, to make adjustments, and move forward. If you're not willing to do any of those things, you will hit the wall, you will get frustrated, and you will eventually quit saying, oh, that program doesn't work. And really, what it was, what was it? Your unwillingness to educate yourself, because it takes education to recognize when you get to these points. Always, always, always make yourself uncomfortable. The growth that happens when you are uncomfortable is immense. There are some, you know, the majority of my audience is women. That's what Google Analytics tells me, at least. The majority of my audience is women. And here's, so here's one thing I'd say. Here's one example I'd give to you. When I say always be uncomfortable, I'm telling you in all aspects, be uncomfortable in what you, in what you eat. Challenge yourself to do something, to eat something you wouldn't like to eat. Or challenge yourself to eat less on certain days of the week because you know you don't exercise on those days. And eat more on the days you do exercise because your body might require more fuel. Be uncomfortable at all times. Put in so much work that your body feels uncomfortable. If you worked out and the next day you feel sore, that's the uncomfortable. That's the level of uncomfortable. Is that pain going to be forever? No. But did your body achieve a new level? You don't know for sure. But if you never pushed yourself to become sore the next day, would you ever achieve it? Probably not. Challenge yourself to be uncomfortable in the clothing you wear. Don't wear a smock when you know you're down five sizes. Don't wear that shirt that you wore when you started your journey because it's more comfortable. It's hiding your body. Challenge yourself to wear clothes that you don't feel comfortable in, but that still flatter your body because you might just find a shitload of compliments come in the door and they make you grow faster than anything you could possibly imagine. Learn your body shape. Learn the clothing that are supposed to be applied to a person with this type of shape of body. Apply the clothes no matter how insecure you feel. And get out there with confidence like no one ever, ever thought possible in you. 
And you know what? What could possibly go wrong? What could possibly go wrong? Do you think as an adult, there's going to be a bunch of freaking people that say, oh my God, look what she's wearing. They're going to say it to your face. We live, we live in a keyboard warrior world. They have all the courage in the world if they're saying some crap about you on the internet. But if they're standing face to face, they don't say a word. Because they're keyboard warriors. The majority of the population are. They have all the balls to say whatever they want in front of a screen. But if they're standing face to face to you, the conversation ends. I don't care what the subject is, whether it's body shaming, whether it's uh, economics, whether it's race, whether it's politics, I don't care. Religion, nobody. The conversation ends in person, but a whole lot more is more said when you're a keyboard warrior because you're hiding behind a screen. Always be uncomfortable. Always challenge yourself. And if it's as simple as putting on a shirt that's more form-fitting, knowing, knowing, let's say, give you an example, you used to be a 2X and you're down and you know you you could fit in a large, but it just touches your skin and, and it feels weird because you never wore a shirt that truly fits. You've only worn clothes that hide your figure. But I'm asking you to wear clothing that accentuates your figure. You may just find you're bombarded with compliments that you never, ever expected. And the amount of growth potential in receiving those compliments is immense for your journey. So challenge yourself to be uncomfortable. Always be in the mindset, in the journey mindset. Always be thinking about it. Always be consumed by what's going on. Never stop thinking about it. Let people say, that guy's obsessed. That woman is obsessed. So what? Be obsessed. Be obsessed with something that's actually healthy for you instead of being obsessed with the next great reality show. Because there's plenty of people doing that. Success is not convenient. It's not. You want success? You want to you touch, you want to achieve that success? You, you got, whatever you see as a successful version of yourself, if you want that version, no, there's nothing convenient about that. Nothing easy about that. You have to do whatever it is that's required. And when you feel uncomfortable, you know you're doing it right. You know what it's like when you're looking at a fireplace and the flames have died down, there's not much wood left to burn and things are really starting like you got to either make a move and add more wood or let it go out. You got all of those things at the bottom that are glowing, the ambers. Now, in your mind, these ambers, they're ideas, they're dreams. And every once in a while, one of those ideas, one of those dreams will speak to you. It'll say... Don, I really think if we put our mind to it, we can do this. We could finally have a healthy lifestyle and live a better life. And maybe if it speaks loud enough, you hear it. 
And it's your choice at that point. Do you, do you accept what you're hearing? Or do you let it go out? On the occasion that you decide to, to listen, now you take that amber and it's glowing. And some people just throw a big log on top of it thinking they can start a big fire. And what happens to the amber? It just goes out. Some people smother it with little twigs of it. And what happens to the amber? It just goes out. It doesn't work. What you've attempted did not work. So what do you do differently? You build it this time on consistency. So now you've got your kindling. And this first little bit of kindling is consistency in tracking. And you put it on top. And you're starting to see the kindling is starting to glow a little bit. And you, you, you blow a little bit on it. And you try to force it a little bit. And the glowing is getting brighter. So you take a little more kindling. And now you got consistency in weighing and measuring. And you throw it on top. And it starts to glow more. And then you take a little more consistency. And now you add consistency in movement. And you put it on there. And and now you're seeing smoke. And you keep going a little bit more. A little bit more. And you keep blowing just a little bit. You're gentle. You're gentle. And now the smoke is getting better. And you got a flame now. You got a flame, and you finally, for the first time in your life, you have built your healthy lifestyle on a on a foundation that is going to make it burn and make it last for a very long time to come. And all you need to do is keep the fuel coming. Keep it going. That fire that's in you, all of those little ambers, all of those little ideas, all of those little d- dreams and desires. You could bring every one of them to fruition. All you gotta do is have the will to do the work and make it happen. Whatever it is. Whether it's to live a healthy lifestyle or it's to be better in business, it doesn't matter. You just have to put in the work. You put in that work. You do the right thing and you build it on a foundation of consistency and you will succeed in whatever it is you're trying to do. I love each and every one of you. God bless you all.